If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. This is another of our popular Listener's Choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. Today's guest is Chanel Bowsley. Chanel started off as an all-round rider, then started to focus a bit more on the classical skills, dressage, show jumping, eventing. She runs her own equestrian centre at Gumdale in Queensland and runs quite a few workshops around the social, emotional well-being with children and incorporating horses. How are you, Chanel? Well, thank you. Wonderful. Chanel, we normally start off with a favourite quote. What have you got for us? Our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. Yeah. So I think that that quote in particular is not only applies to life, but also it's a good one that applies to the horse industry mm-hmm. because, you know, we must get back on the horse every time we do fall and overcome our fears and learn from our mistakes and yeah. move on from that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a good life skill too, isn't it? You know, like fall down three times, get up four or... You know, like you yeah, fall down three, you get up three, but you, you get up in the first place and you still might exactly. fall down, but you just keep getting back up. Yep, yep. That's right. Now, do you, because you've got your own children as well as your students, do you talk to them about that philosophy? Yes, absolutely. I think it's something that when it comes to teaching, I'm very much about keeping it real mm-hmm. and making sure that, you know, yes, you know, as much as you don't want to fall off, it is part of learning to ride. And I've got, you know, I've had children I've taught in the past who say, oh, but I don't want to fall off. And I've said, well, it's part and parcel of riding. If you don't ever want to fall off, go and play the piano. Mm. Um, that's just part and parcel of, of horse riding. And it is. It's getting back on that horse even when you are nervous and, you know, a little bit fearful and overcoming those fears. And that's where it truly, you know, that makes it such an incredible, incredible sport because it brings out the best in you. And it does. It makes you tough and resilient. Yep. Yep. Now, thinking about your first memories with horses, because you're in the Queensland Shetland Jockey Club, so you started riding quite early. Tell us about your very first memory, the very first time you remember that you had anything to do with horses. Sure, yeah. So I was about three when I started riding, when my family, when we moved to Gunda, which is still our home today, 32 years later. <laughs> and my brother, sister and I, my brother and sister are younger than me, and my parents always had a horsey background and got us starting to ride Shetland ponies. So they were our sort of first ponies, the, the, you know, interaction we had with, with horses. And they were interesting little uh, characters. I still remember one pony, like one little Shetland I had. Every time I'd do barrels, I'd get to the end, the top barrel, and she'd always buck and throw me up <laughs> every time. Yeah. You know, and it was one of those things, mum and dad, but, you know, get up, anything broken, no, hop back on, come on, do it again, you know, hold on next time. You know she's going to do it every time. So you've got to, you know, lean back, keep your heels down and hang on, you know, mm-hmm. get up. 
Mm. So, um, yeah, so no, we started, yeah, very young with the Shetland Jockey Club and then moved into Pony Club. And then I actually represented Queensland in sporting for a number of years and went away with the sporting, the Queensland team down to New South Wales to compete. Yep. So that was a lot of, a lot of fun and a lot of, um, making a lot of friends as well during those years. Yeah, yeah. Now, you started off your professional career, oh, well, I was going to say as a teacher, but you would have had horses all through. Were you coaching when you were at uni or you're not, or how did that work out? Yeah, so I basically, I competed right up until I was at uni and then decided I needed to do my level one coaching. So I went down that path of coaching whilst I was sort of at university and then continued that through whilst I was teaching full time. You know, I wasn't able to compete because I just didn't have the time being a full time teacher, but I still sort of, you know, kept my finger in the, you know, um, horse industry by coaching um, mm. a lot of school students who were sort of from a number of different private schools across Brisbane um, and I'd go with them to competitions and, and help them out as well. Yeah yeah and good to have that part-time income especially when you're at uni as well. Definitely yeah. absolutely. Yeah yeah so if someone wants to start with horses start a career with horses and not necessarily coaching, but, you know, just any career with horses, what sort of character traits and core skills do they need? I think the biggest thing is resilience, the ability to sort of get up and keep going no matter how many times you get knocked down. And, you know, that's just not applying to just, you know, you know, being around the horses, but also sometimes in the horse industry, you can come up, you know, against people who are, you know, don't agree with agree with what you're doing or do things a little bit differently. So I think you've got to be resilient and take on board what other people tell you, but also be true to yourself and know what's right for you. Mm-hmm. And commitment, you know, it is a long process. Success doesn't happen overnight. It takes years. So it's that, you know, that never, never giving up and staying committed. Definitely a strong work ethic and, you know, not afraid to get your hands dirty. I actually say to children, you know, it's not just about hopping on and riding a horse. You actually have to learn to do the dirty work as well because that's part and parcel of it. And I make that very clear with the children I teach and to their parents that, you know, we're going to teach your children everything they need to know and give them a really realistic experience with the horses. You know, unless you're royalty or you've got a lot of money Mm -hmm. and you can pay someone to do the dirty work for you, unfortunately, you've got to do that part of it yourself. And I think the other thing is to listen and learn. You know, don't be a know-all. You never, you don't know everything and you never will know everything. You know, every horse is different. It has its own personalities. What worked on the last horse doesn't work, you know, may not work on the next horse. Um, and again, applying that to the students you work with as well, that um, each child is different and you sometimes have to change up your teaching mm-hmm. to make sure that child, you know, is getting the best. Yep, yep. What do you think now? is the best thing about working with horses, working in the industry? Firstly, I think it's the satisfaction of working with an animal and the bond that you develop with that animal is just, it's incredible. And I don't think people who aren't, you know, who are non-horsey people don't understand that. But it's, yeah, it's a bond like nothing else. I think um, the diversity of the industry, it's, you know, one industry that brings so many people together from different walks of life and from around the world. But at the end of the day, you know, regardless of if you're royalty or, you know, a poor part, at the end of the day, all we want is the best for our our horse. Mm -hmm, mm 
Mm-hmm. And also flexibility as well. You know, you can travel. You know, you can go overseas. You can work in different places and, you know, various areas of the horse industry. Um, you know, I've met people, you know, all over the place who are doing some incredible things, not just riding, but, you know, I remember meeting one girl in Kentucky who was actually an Aussie and she was doing a lot of rehab with horses with oxygen, oxygen machines and oxygen therapy. And yeah, and she wasn't riding or competing or doing anything like that, but still working with horses. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah it's an incredible industry. It is. And a big industry. And, you know, as you say, there's lots of different areas that you can go into. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Tell us about people who've influenced you and helped you. So your parents would have had an influence, you know, getting you started with horses and them having a horse background as well. But who else has influenced you? Yeah, so as far as coaching, as far as coaching beginners, mm-hmm. my mum is an incredible, incredible woman. I, I honestly haven't seen anyone like her who can teach children, you know, who can make riding really fun and exciting, Yep. you know, make learning engaging, but also get the best out of every child. Mm-hmm. You know, her patience and her positivity, she's an absolute saint. As far as knowledge and understanding of horses, you know, when it comes to feeding and veterinary care and, you know, just general horsemanship, my dad is amazing in that aspect. But when it came to actually teaching us to ride, no way. Um, that was definitely <laughs> less of fun. <laughs> and, but I've had amazing coaches over the years. I've had, you know, Anjanette Harton, who used to coach me when I was in high school, when I was sort of starting eventing and, and dressage. Jocelyn Park, well, both Joss and Anjanette helped me do my level one coaching and worked with me through that. Uh, Simone Khan, when I was in the Queensland Junior Eventing Squad, Simone was my coach then and um, really gave me a lot of confidence when it came to eventing yep. and especially the cross-country aspect. She was a brilliant cross-country coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've been you know, really fortunate to have some brilliant coaches over the years. What about horses? Who do you think's influenced you as far as horses go? Oh, look, I've had heaps of amazing horses over the years. And, you know, horses in our home basically become our family. Mm-hmm. Many of them we have buried on the property because they've just never left. You know, yep, they've stayed yep. to a very, you know, old age. But I look at the horses that I work with, you know, today in particular, our, you know, beginner horses. Mm. They're just absolute gems. They're just so patient and, you know, you can put an experienced rider on them and they can go off and do amazing things and then they come back to a little beginner and, you know, just do what they have to do, you know, for what that person needs at that time. You know, those horses. And at the end of the day, they they don't have to, you know what I mean? They've got a mind of their own. They've got, you know, the strength to do whatever they want. But because you've got that bond with them, you know, and you don't just treat them, you know, as just, you know, a riding school horse, you know, they are part of the family, you know, they'll actually come up to you in the paddock like, oh, hello, you're riding me today. <laughs> I think, you know, they actually want to do it, not yep, because they yep. have to, but they actually want to. Yeah, so all the horses I've, I've got, you know, are incredible. The riding school horses, the ones that teach beginners, they really are the backbone of the industry, aren't they? You know, if we didn't have Definitely. them to get people started the industry would be completely different. Absolutely, yeah. I think sometimes I get a little bit worried because, you you know, you have children that come to you and and want to learn to ride and then, you know, mum and dad might go and get them, you know, they've got a little bit of experience and go and get them, Mm. you know, horse. Oh, this one's cheap or, and, you know, where they've got no understanding and it's not a case of just putting them on any old horse. You know, you've got to be so careful. And I think sometimes people don't don't, don't realise that. 
Yeah. And yeah. yeah, safety and, you know, making sure. I mean, we used to call them bomb proof ponies, didn't yep. we? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, they're just so valuable. What do you think has been your proudest moment with horses? I think it's changed over the years. I mean, as you know, when I was in high school, it was, you know, competing and, you know, state championships and, you know, winning ribbons and trophies. Um, now, as a mum, you know, watching my children learn to ride. So Alexa's only three and a half and Adam will be two next week. Um, but watching them ride their little ponies and just their interactions, you know, with the horses makes me so proud. Yeah. But also making city kids' dreams come true, you know, because we are in the city, you know, being able to give these city kids whose parents have no intentions of ever, you know, maybe ever buying them a horse or moving to acreage, you know, allowing those children the opportunity to be around horses and to learn in a safe environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I like the way you said making city kids' dreams come through because you really do. You know, you yeah. give them an opportunity that they just wouldn't necessarily have if there's no riding schools around, nowhere to learn how to ride. The city kids don't have parents who rode or um, they go down the road to a farm or something like that, but it really does give them that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And parents say that to us all the time, you know, They'll come and, you know, drop their kids off and they'll say, you know, oh, my child's happy today because it's their riding day. Mm, you know, this mm. is their happy place. Yep. And it's incredible too what, you know, what riding actually does for so many children. I think, you know, at times I think I even underestimate it. It's not until, you know, a parent gives you a reminder, mm-hmm. you know, of what it's done for their child as far as bringing out that confidence and that, you know, growing that, that self-esteem yeah. that you sort of stop and reflect and go, yeah, actually, you know, it has done wonders for that child. Yeah, yeah. Now, what do you think has been your biggest challenge to get to where you are now? First challenge in in the horse industry, yeah, like working yeah. working well, working with yeah. children. Yeah, working with children. I think one of the biggest things I'm confronted with, probably on a weekly basis, is, is educating the children. You know that it's not just about you know ride ride ride. You know, get on the horse and ride the guts out of it until you've had enough. You mm. know that they must learn the on the ground stuff too. You know, they must learn the horsemanship. They must. Um, you know, take into consideration, you know, the horse's well-being. And that's something I love about doing the Ready, Set, Trot program is because, you know, it's ensuring that children are getting the whole experience, the whole package, you know, the horsemanship skills as well as the practical, you know, and the riding. The, the number of children I've had that have come from other riding schools, it scares me a little because I've had children, you know, mum rings up, oh, my child's been riding for four years. They can, you know, walk trot canner. They can do a bit of jumping. Great, fantastic, no worries. And then, you know, but they've never actually caught a horse before. They've never actually groomed a horse or saddled a horse. Mm, mm. You know, and after four years of them, you know, supposedly riding, you kind of assume that they'd be across all those things and they're actually not. Yep. And I think that that's a big challenge, you know, mm-hmm. and some kids don't don't want to learn all that stuff. But I think, you know, we've got to make sure that that's part and parcel of it mm-hmm. and educating kids, you know, on the whole package, you know, yep. on the ground and in the saddle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. So for someone who's got their or is going into their own centre is teaching, how do you actually teach that? Do you say come for a lesson, come for a riding lesson, or do you say come early and learn about the horsemanship? What's the routine to teach them the other stuff, not just riding? 
we actually build it into into our, our lessons. So, mm-hmm. you know, yep. part of the lesson is getting the halters there, walking down the paddock or to the into the stables there, you know, learning how to put the halter on, yep. learning how to catch the horse, learning how to give the horse a carrot, mm-hmm. learning how to lead them properly, to tie them up, to cleaning out their feet and the importance of that, to one, you know, to saddling, to grooming, to saddling, you know, all of that is part of their weekly lesson. Yep. So we yep. make sure that that's done. We also do like I do training days and things like on holidays for kids. So the kids like on the Easter, we actually have a camp out. The kids actually pitch their tents and mm-hmm. come and stay over. So it gives them a bit of you know a real life experience. You know, they've got to get up in the morning and before they eat, the horses have got to have their breakfast and stables cleaned and then they can go and have their breakfast, you know, and get ready for the day. But yeah, no, we make sure that they, they have to do everything. So yep. um, it's, yeah, yeah, built into, you know, every lesson they come, <laughs> that's actually built into the lesson. Yep, yep, no, that's good. Thinking about the workshops you do around the social, emotional well-being with children, tell us how you incorporate the horses into that program, into that workshop. What sort of problems do you expect to see and how can horses help with solving that problem or fixing or supporting children with that? Yeah. With my teaching experience as a classroom teacher, I've actually witnessed firsthand that there's a growing number of children who are suffering with anxiety, little to no self-confidence and self-esteem, bullying, you know, which is, you know, we're flooded with in the media. And some children are not bad enough to see a psychologist, but they're just needing some real tools and strategies to navigate their way through that particular challenging time in their life. So from teaching children to ride over the years, I've actually witnessed the benefits of horses and horse riding and, and what that's had on children. And it's, you know, it's just been life-changing for these kids and their families. So together with my sister, who's also a school teacher, we decided to start incorporating the social-emotional workshops for kids um, and equine therapy. And we actually call it EI generation, the emotionally intelligent generation. So we run a variety of social and emotional workshops and the skills that they learn in, the, say, the morning sessions, we then apply those skills to the horse riding in the afternoon. So, for example, if you are not assertive and if you're not a confident person, the horse will take advantage of that mm. and it will do its own thing. So you've got to step up and think about the strategies and tools that you've you know, got this morning and actually put that into practice. And it's not being mean to the horse or being loud or, or cruel. It's actually being confident and telling the horse what, what you want it to do. But at the same time, rewarding the horse, good boy, good girl, you know, once they actually do what you want them to do. Yep. You yep. know, it's funny, a lot of kids don't want to actually speak. They, you know, they're almost afraid to speak to the horse. And again, that actually reflects into their friendships and later on, obviously, into relationships. And the biggest thing, too, is if they're nervous, you know, realising that the horse is actually going to pick up on that. And again, especially when it comes to jumping, if they're a little bit nervous, if you're a bit nervous, you know, the horse will pick up on that and may stop at the jump. And it's not because the horse doesn't want to jump, but the horse is actually looking out for you um, because it knows that deep down you actually don't want to do that. And applying all all those tools and, and experiences to real life and what they may, you know, experience, you know, amongst friends, family and in the real world. And, you know, but teaching the children, you know, if that they're, you know, kind and respectful and caring and understanding with an animal, well, again, that's going to transfer to people. Because I find children I've worked with who have had difficulty working with a horse, they tend to have difficulty working with people. Mm, mm. 
Mm-hmm. And if they're not kind and caring and have that sort of nature to an animal, well, again, that's going to transfer to how they treat people. So horses can teach children so much and bring, you know, a lot out of them without them even realising what it's actually doing for them. Yes, yes, I think they're good good reflection. And I think the workshops you're doing, um, I'm sure that the, the children would love the workshops, but the parents would also appreciate the workshops and the work you're doing within them. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, we're constantly, you know, writing new workshops and, you know, making sure that it's relevant, you know, because I mean, kids are so different today. I know even when I started teaching to, you know, how children are now and how you teach in the classroom, you know, it's even changed. So it's keeping up to date and making sure, you know, the experiences are real and the tools and strategies that they can actually apply are real to to today's society. Yep, yep. Now, Chanel, have you got a book that you could recommend to our listeners? Um, for children, I think, you know, sort of for children that are preteen, teenagers, I think the story War Horse is a beautiful story because that really shows the incredible bond between horse and rider. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, yeah, a beautiful story. And I mean, if they don't want to read the book, if they're not a reader, well, you know, they can watch the movie and yep. still, you know, get that sort of understanding. Mm-hmm. What about for older people? Anything there? Although, although as an older person myself, I certainly enjoyed the movie. I didn't read the book, but yeah. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Look, to be honest, probably because I do a lot of work with children, I'm probably, you know, I do a lot more reading around those, yep. that sort of yep. age group. Yep. Yeah, I'd love to have more time to do uh-huh. more reading. For, for myself, yes, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, at the moment with having two little ones and businesses and stuff, it's um, yeah, time doesn't allow, unfortunately. Chanel, what are you looking forward to at the moment? You, you're sort of doing more workshops. You've got your own children riding. Is there anything else that you're looking forward to? Yeah, look, just continuing, you know, to teach children, giving, you know, as many children as I can the opportunity to experience horses. I definitely want to, you know, head down the path of the equine therapy as well um, and working with children, but more being proactive in a proactive way. So rather than waiting for a child to have an issue and then trying to fix it, let's educate parents and children and give kids those tools that they can actually use before there's a problem. Mm-hmm. So a problem actually doesn't arise. Yep. So I think, you know, definitely playing a more, you know, proactive role rather than being reactive and trying to fix. Yeah, but I think there's a big future in, in that. Yep. And I think there's, well, there, there definitely is a big need for that more, more than ever for yep. children. Yeah. All right. Now, if you can summarise your philosophy with horses into a few sentences before we go, that would be great. Yeah, I think because I work with children, you know, telling children all the time to just enjoy their horse journey, you know, enjoy the opportunities they have. But everyone is on a slightly different path. Don't compare yourself to others, that you are where you are supposed to be right now. And with, you know, continued hard work and persistence, you will achieve those goals that you want to achieve. But you must learn to walk before you can canter and jump and do all that other, you know, fun stuff. Mm, mm. You know, um, you've got to learn the basics. Yes. Don't skip the basics because you'll fall down <laughs> at some point. Yep. So, uh, yeah, take your time and just enjoy enjoy the experience, you know, yep. being in the outdoors and meeting new people and friends and, you know, being with these incredible animals. Yeah. All right, Chanel, I think the insight that you've given to us, I love this making city kids' dreams come true, but just the work that you're doing with the social and emotional well-being with children and the 
the work you're doing with horses there and using the horses to help with that is brilliant. So thanks for your time today. I've certainly enjoyed talking to you and talking to you about a couple of different things and hopefully we'll get you back on again sometime soon. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Glennis. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chanel. Bye. Thank you. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.